0: Ephesians chapter 3, we're so glad you're here today. Ephesians chapter 3, I'm going to read one verse of Scripture and then we'll turn to quite a few before we conclude. Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 20. I'm reading out of NIV. It says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within you, to him who is able... Everybody say, He is able. He says, He is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. According to, in relationship to, dependent upon, His power that is at work within you. A couple of Sundays ago, I taught a lesson entitled, Turning Resolutions into Reality. And I encourage every one of our church family to have a New Year's Resolution. And I had some people come up to me afterward and say, Ah, oh, Pastor, I said, well, you, got, you working on your resolution? No, nah, I'm too old for that. Well, why don't you just die and go on to heaven? <laughs> Listen, none of us are too old to change. There might be one or two of us who have gotten to the zenith, have come to the utopia, have arrived who have made it to the finish line, but the rest of us have a little ways to go. The rest of us have some things we can improve upon. In fact, I I made this statement a couple of weeks ago. I said something like this. If we don't make a personal resolution this year for spiritual growth, then we have remained spiritual babies who have become spiritually lazy. Spiritual babies who have become spiritually lazy. We spend a lot of our time complaining about the plight, complaining about our situation complaining about how we feel, complaining about what's going on, complaining about what we don't have, complaining about what we can't do, complaining about what so-and-so's doing and what we don't allow to do, complaining about this didn't happen, criticizing so-and-so because they didn't do this for us, and we spend all of our time complaining and criticizing, why not in 2019 we make a change in our life? And let's do a New Year's resolution. Now, for those of you who did a New Year's resolution, let me ask this question. Who has already, be honest, fallen off the track? We're only 20 days in. And you've already fallen off the track and failed at maintaining your New Year's resolution. In fact... You forgot what it was. If, if if you're honest, would you raise your hand? Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. God bless you. you today thou wilt be with me in paradise. You you are the only honest ones in the house. Who is barely hanging on and beginning to question your sanity for even making a New Year's resolution? Anybody like that? Okay. Thank you. Who now? Let me ask. Who's excelled? And has amazed yourself at how well you're doing maintaining your New Year's resolution. Anybody like that? Thank you. Good Good for you. Good for you. Who's not telling the truth? Just made up your mind. You're not going to raise your hand. It don't make any difference what I say. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, I challenged us. Why? Because if we don't make a personal resolution this year for spiritual growth, then we have remained, we're spiritual babies who've become spiritually lazy. You know, the New Year's resolutions, they're always really the same every year. They're wonderful. Can anybody tell me what the number one New Year's resolution is? To lose weight. You're exactly right. To lose weight. The number two is to get in shape. To get in shape. The third most popular New Year's resolution is, I want a promotion or I want a compensation increase. Here's a good one. I want to go on a cruise. That's a good New Year's resolution. Of course, going on a cruise, losing weight are two different things. Probably need to happen in opposite years. Here's a good one. I heard this one on Dave Ramsey this past week. Somebody called in and said he asked what their New Year's resolution was. He said, I want to save more money for retirement. That's a good New Year's resolution. Here's another one that came in this week. I want to pay off my car loan. How many would like that as your New Year's resolution? I want to pay off my car loan. Here's a good one I heard recently. Uh, I want to further my education. That's a wonderful New Year's resolution. And here's one that I've heard several times already this year from a couple of men. And it's this one. I want to spend more time with my family. I want to spend more time with my family and each of these resolutions that I just that I read here they are excellent and they're worthy goals and maybe one of those is yours or a couple of those are are yours and I want to thank you that's wonderful it's great Uh, they talk about our aspirations and and they promote making our life better losing weight makes your life better saving for retirement makes your life better paying off your credit cards makes your life better these are wonderful aspirations. Getting more education makes your life better. Spending time with your family makes your life better. All of these things make our life better and are wonderful goals and aspirations. They make our life better from the outside. But there's a Bible principle that uh, is quite unique. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. The wisest man other than Jesus Christ that ever lived, who had a special gift of wisdom, God gave him a gift of wisdom. His name was King Solomon, and he makes this statement. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. In the New Living Translation, it says it just like this. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. And then it says in the New King James Version, the New King James Version says this. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. He's literally saying this, we can grow bigger, we can grow better, and we can gain more and achieve more on the outside. But if we don't grow and develop on the inside, our accomplishments and advancements will never be fully satisfying. And most of our New Year's resolutions are about, I want to have more, I want to do more, I want to get more, I want to go more. It's all about things that bring us benefit on the outside. And every one of us have seen those people hit the jackpot. And all of a sudden, more abundance came into their life And because they had not grown sufficiently sufficiently on the inside, all of that abundance and all of that more that they got when they hit the jackpot brought about their demise instead of their blessing. And the Bible tells us that we need to not only, nothing wrong with getting from the outside more, but we need to be more on the inside. King Solomon says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Not more education, that doesn't determine the course of your life. It's good, it will help you. Not making more money, that, that will help you, but it doesn't determine the course of your life. What determines the course of your life is what's coming from the inside our heart. We we read the same truth in the chapter we know in the Bible as the love chapter. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it's the love chapter. Notice what it says in the New Living Translation. It says this, 1 Corinthians 13 verse 1. If I could speak all the languages of the earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. He's saying if I if I could communicate better than anybody in the world, if I have a gift unparalleled and unequaled to communicate to the world's masses, but I don't love, I'm nothing. You see, it's out of the inside determines the course of your heart. Verse 2, if I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans, and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. He says, if I have all the power in the world, if I have all the, the ability in the world, and I could do anything in the world... Even to the point of changing creation. But don't love others. It benefits me nothing. See, it's guard your heart for out of it proceeds the issues of life. It's not just what we get on the outside. It's what's happening to us on the inside. Verse number 3. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but I didn't love others. I would have gained... Nothing. Listen, we can gain, we can give, and we can go on the outside. But if we're not growing on the inside, our efforts are carnal works that produce no lasting results. So this year, as you're doing your New Year's resolution, and please, please come up with one. Come up with one. I don't want to mess with that. Yeah, well, you need to. You need to. Why? Because when we have a New Year's resolution, when we introduce something new into our life, when we embrace something new in our life, we are reflecting the character of our Heavenly Father. Because He is a God of new. Remember Isaiah chapter 43? Listen to what he says. Isaiah chapter forty-three, verse number nineteen. God says, "Behold, I will do a what? New thing." New thing. Isn't it a shame that we don't like new? We like ch- we don't like change. We want the same old, same old. We want to sit in the same place. We want the church service to be at the same time. We want to sing the same songs. We want the colors never to change. We don't want anything. We don't like change. But God's a God of the new. He says, "Behold, I will do a what?" New things, now shall it spring forth, shall you not know it, I will even make a, a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Turn over to Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. This is not just an Old Testament, this is a New Testament principle, because He is a God of the new. Look what He says, therefore if anyone is in Christ, He is a what? New, new creation. He not only is a God of the new, He makes you and I new. When we accept Him as our Lord and Savior. If any man's in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So I want to encourage you to have come up with something new. Embrace something new this, this year, 2019. Try something new. Go somewhere new. Believe God for something new. New this year. It's a reflection of the character of our Heavenly Father. Because He's a God who embraces... And creates new things, continually. And one of the things we need to do is have a new us on the inside. Change on the inside. Guard your heart, for out of it proceeds the issues of life. So in 2019, I'd like to ask you to join me in a journey. Expecting God to do something new. Something new. In you, through you, and for you. I'm asking God to do something new this year in me, through me, and for me. In me first, through me, and for me. It's amazing, most of us want stuff for us. We're big on getting stuff for us. We ask God to bless us. We ask God to heal us. We ask God to open a door for us. We're always asking Him to give to us. We're wanting Him to minister to us. But why don't we ask Him to change us on the inside? For out of it proceeds the issues of life. How many times, when was the last time we asked the Lord to do something in us and not just for us? Do something in me. Not just for me. And as you sit here this morning, the Holy Spirit will bring something to your remembrance of some area in your life that needs correction, that needs adjustment, that needs advancement, that needs change. Maybe it's an area where you have got some unforgiveness that you need to get rid of, or an area where you need patience, or, or you're struggling with an area of temptation. In your life, or you're struggling with an area of addiction in your life, or you're struggling with jealousy, or maybe it's a tongue that won't quit talking about other people, maybe it's insecurity, it could be a myriad of a bunch of things, but as we're sitting here this morning, the Holy Spirit is going to be faithful to say to you, "This is an area I would like to work with you." and get changed this year, and to bring new into your life. For out of your heart proceeds the issues of life. You say, well, I'm doing pretty good, Pastor. When was the last time you asked the Lord to do something in you, and not just something for you? Turn with me to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. I want to show you something. John chapter 3. It's important that we grow from the inside. It's important that we mature. It's important that we grow up spiritually on the inside. Yes, it's important to get raises. It's important to get a compensation increases. It's wonderful to get promotions. It's, it's tremendous to further education. It's great to get a new boat. It's wonderful to pay off your car loan. It's great to get your credit cards paid. All of those things are wonderful and they're great and I encourage all of us to do those things. But listen, the Lord really wants to do something also in you. Look what it says in John chapter 3. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. So he was high up in his religion. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you were doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, verse 3, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Everybody say, born again. Now, understand this word, born again. We're, we're Christians, and many of us have been in church some or most of our life, me all of my life. Many of you have been in church longer than I have, and some of you have been in church less than I have. But if you've been in church any time whatsoever, you've heard that term, born again. And we have an understanding what it means spiritually. Understand, when Nicodemus heard it, this was the first time this phrase was ever used. He didn't have the blessing of being 2,000 years removed from this moment. He's experiencing it for the first time. He has never heard this spiritual principle before. In fact, Jesus is introducing this spiritual principle into humanity for the very first time, the principle of being born again or a new birth. So with that and thinking like that, Notice what Jesus replied, Very I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Verse number 4, notice what Nicodemus says, How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. His reference, his point of reference was physical birth. That's the only thing he knew about being born, not spiritual birth. Verse 5 Jesus answered very truly I tell you no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they're born of water and of the spirit water being of flesh and of the spirit flesh gives birth to flesh but the spirit gives birth to spirit you should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again so literally when when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus he says to get in the kingdom of God you've got to be born again you've got to be have a new birth and how many of us know when our children were born, they were born infants, babies, babies. On 2-9, February the 9th, 1986, Tyler Turner, who's sitting right over here, he was born. And I know, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to, now, he's a good looking boy now, but I'm going to tell you he was ugly when he was born. And I've told him this. I've told him this. He was a premature baby and, uh, and he looked like a shriveled up peanut. He did. He just did. And you know, and and I've seen a lot of babies in nurseries that just don't look good. But to their parents, they're the most beautiful thing. I look back at pictures and say, he wasn't too pretty. But that day, I thought, man, what a good-looking boy. What a good-looking boy. And now, years later, I look back at his baby pictures and say, ooh, man, he wasn't that pretty at all. man. But to parents, they're the most beautiful thing in all the world. You know why? Because they're babies. They're infants. And do you know something? We didn't expect Tyler to walk out of that nursery and and start doing math. We didn't expect him to walk out of that nursery and to feed himself. They were a baby. He was a baby. He was an infant. He had to grow. And you know, when it comes to spiritual things, a lot of times we expect people, when they get saved or we introduce them to Jesus, we expect them to be full-grown, mature Christians overnight. And we didn't expect our babies to be over, full-grown Christians overnight. They're supposed to dress right. We didn't expect him to dress right. He was naked as a jaybird. How many know what that means, naked as a You heard that before? He couldn't even clothe himself. He couldn't tie his shoes. He couldn't tie... We didn't expect him to. Why? Because he was a baby. Yet when it comes to Christians... And church world, we expect people to get saved on Sunday and be deacon in the church by next Sunday. And it doesn't work that way. Notice, you've got to be born. Babies are born. Now turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Notice the next stage. Paul's talking, not Jesus. Notice he says, I brethren, he's talking to Christians. He said, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as the carnal. As to what? Babes. Everybody say babes. As to babes. Notice, infant is born, then you become baby stage. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. Notice, babies, I remember we used to feed Tyler similac with iron. Anybody know what similac with iron is? We used to feed Tyler similac with iron. I was so thankful when he started eating real food. I was really thrilled when he started eating hamburgers. Because he'd take a bite, I'd take a bite. He'd take a bite, I'd take a bite. That's similar like with iron. That stuff don't taste good. I tried that. That stuff is not good whatsoever. But we, did, we, we didn't feed him solid food. Likewise, Chris, you know, I've been criticized here. I've been criticized for long time. Pentecostal people have said, you know, on Sunday mornings, you're kind of shallow with your teaching. You're trying, you, well, I don't, I don't think I am, I, you know. But anyway, I'm trying to reach the new convert. You don't feed, you don't feed babies the same spiritual food you you feed mature Christians. In fact, if you're not happy with what you're, we're feeding on Sunday morning, and you don't you think it's shallow, come on Wednesday night. I'll choke you. It's so. I'll choke you. But you got to want to come on Wednesday night. That's that's a, you got to want to come on Wednesday night. But notice the whole concept is we go from an infant who's just born, and now to a baby, and his food has to be regulated. There has to be boundaries. You have to make life conducive for a baby. Now, turn with me from that. Let's go over to Ephesians. Go over to Ephesians. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. Paul's talking to the church at Ephesus now, and listen to what he says. You should no longer be children. Notice notice, God, Jesus didn't say, I can't believe you was born a baby. I can't believe, why wasn't you born full born? Grown. why wasn't you born mature no god never condemned him for being a baby god never condemns an infant he's glad to have them in the family of god and then we get over to baby stage where their their meals have to be prepared for them correctly and there's time for them to grow and then now all of a sudden you start growing after a few months and a few years and the bible says you should no longer be children in other words grow up it's time to start growing You should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may what? Grow up. There comes a time to grow up in all things into Him who is the head, even Christ. And then turn over to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 2. Notice what the Apostle Peter says. Remember, Jesus was talking about being born again. Then Paul's talking about being a baby. And then ta- Paul's talking about being growing up. And now Peter's even emphasizing it again. He says, as newborn babes, as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the Word that you may what? Grow thereby. So, in our spiritual journey there's a time where you're born, then there's a time where you're a baby, and you can only take so much, and there's not a whole lot expected of you. But over time, we're expected to grow. We're expected to grow and become mature and grow. And what I've discovered is a lot of Christians have stopped growing. And yet the Apostle uh, uh, King Solomon said, your heart needs to grow because out of it proceeds the issues of life. So... I begin to look at what are some characteristics of baby Christians. Let's see if you would say I'm still baby in some areas. Because people say, "Yeah, that's, that uh, New Year's resolution—that's not for me." Well, let's just see where you are. What's some of the characteristics of baby Christians? Put the first two up there, would you? Number one, they can't control their tongues, and they're temperamental. Babies can't control their tongues, and they're temperamental. They just talk, talk, talk. Have you ever, a baby cries all the time, baby jabbers all the time. I was on a plane flying back from Oklahoma on Thursday, and there was a lady in front of us had a beautiful little baby girl, beautiful little baby girl. And for an hour and 10 minutes, you know what she did for an hour and 10 minutes? Right in front of me. For an hour and 10 minutes. I'm trying to take a nap, and this baby right in front of me, hour and 10 minutes. You know what she did for an hour and 10 minutes? Blah, 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 blah. And the mom would hold her up above her head, and the baby would look at me and blah I don't... I don't. I open my eyes, And everybody go blah, 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 blah. Just talk, 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 talk. That's characteristic of a baby. That's characteristic of a baby. Now, when you become a mature Christian, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't talk about everybody and everything. Temperamental. Temperamental. You know, it's amazing to me, the Christians, mature Christians, who come in here and won't speak to people. Well, I just had a bad week. Well, grow up. Hey, it's a tough world out there. Grow up. Put your Christian panties on and get in this house and be a blessing to somebody. (laughs) Grow up. Don't be so temperamental. And I'm going to tell you something else. It's not helping your Christian witness when you go to work and are so temperamental. One day you're talking about the goodness of the Lord. Next day you won't even speak to people. What's that all about? That's the sign of a Christian baby, not a mature believer. What's number three and number four? Given to strife and division and spiritually unstable and disloyal. These are characteristics according to these scriptures that we just read. Given to strife and division, spiritually unstable and disloyal. You know, I can tell a a person that's maturing in the Lord, they refuse to hang around people who are stirring it up. I'm just not going to hang around them, Pastor. I'm just not going to hang around them. They refuse to hang around people who are stirring up. And, and babies are spiritually unstable and disloyal. What's number uh, 5, 6, and 7? Put the next three up there. Enticed by carnal pursuit, easily offended, and enticed by carnal pursuits, and Selfish. 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 I've had recently, I've had some Christian brothers and sisters tell me, Pastor, I just stopped praying. I've, I've just about stopped praying because I don't get my prayers answered. Let me show you what the Bible says about that. Turn with me to James chapter 4. James chapter 4, verse number 3. Notice what James chapter 4, verse number 3. Notice he says. James says this, You ask and do not receive. You're asking and you're not getting your prayers answered. You know Why? because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your own pleasures. The New Living Translation says it this way, and when you ask, you don't get it, because your motives are all wrong. You only want what will give you pleasure. You're asking out of selfish motives. In 2019... In 2019, if we will spend our energy expecting and allowing the Holy Spirit to work in us, the things we need Him to do for us will come much more easily. In 2019, if we will allow the Holy Spirit and expect the Holy Spirit to work in us, grow us up on the inside, then the things we need Him to do for us on the outside will come much easier. You say, Pastor, where is that in the Bible? Okay, here it is. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Pastor, I was just about finished praying. I can't pray no more. Everything I asked, I don't never get it. To him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think, according, according, according to the power that works in us. You're waiting on God. God's waiting on you. You're waiting on God. God's waiting on you. Let me break it down to you real quick. Let me break it down to you very simple. Let me break it down so I can understand. Now, to him who is able, now, now, at this present moment, in your present circumstance, now, right now, right now, now to him, to who? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, God, the creator of the universe, the omnipotent, all-knowing, all-wise God. Now, at this present circumstance, in your present moment, to Him, God the creator, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is able. Is able. He has the ability. He has the power. He has the skill. He has the resources. He has the qualification to do. To do, yeah, to perform, to execute, to bring to pass, to accomplish exceedingly. Now, right now, in your present circumstances, whatever you're facing right now, To Him, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, God the Creator of the universe is able. He has the ability. He has the power. He has the skill. He has the resources and the qualifications to perform, to do, to bring to pass, to execute and accomplish exceedingly. He'll exceed a certain number and go beyond and surpass abundantly above all. Any great quantity, higher than anything, everything, totally, the whole thing that we ask, right when now? right now, in your present circumstances, right now, to Him, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the Creator of the universe, is able, He has the ability, the power, the qualifications to do. He can perform, He can execute, He can bring to pass and accomplish exceedingly. exceeds any number you can ever think of. Any number in any math equation, abundantly above, in great quantity, higher than anything, everything, totally, the whole thing that you can ask, inquire, or request of, or think, that you can imagine, consider, or even consider as a possible action according to, in agreement with, in proper relationship, the power, the ability to act that works in us, the effort or exertion directed to produce or accomplish something, labor or toil. What do you mean, pastor? Here's what I mean. Now at this present moment, in your present circumstances, we move toward Him, God the Father, Jesus the Son, the Holy Spirit, and we will find He is able, He has the ability, the authority, and the capability, the authorization to do, to bring to pass, to execute whatever we need Him to do in our lives. He goes beyond and surpasses that which is expected. He does it in such an abundance way, because His supply is rich, His supply is unlimited, and He has great quantity. God does above all, everything, anything, nothing left out that we could possibly ask, inquire of, make a request of, seek information about, or even consider a possibility. We cannot even imagine the things that God has the power, the ability to do, or to give to us. God does this according... To the power. Now listen, God does this according to the power that works in us. He works in proportion to the effort and faith that we put in to accomplish what we want Him to do. You're waiting on Him, He's waiting on you. He's got all this stuff, He's got the stuff you need. And he says, I just need you to grow up and create a capacity in your life so that you won't be selfish with your request and you'll get in a spirit of love and grow up and and understand there's a time for everything and then I can give it to you. And nobody in their right mind when their son, we have several students here that are we have several students here that are turning 16 here in the next twelve months. And I just love it. I love it. I, I tell when I find out a kid is turning sixteen, I say, let's go get your dad's checkbook. <laughs> and let's go down to the Ford store and get us a Mustang GT, what do you say? <laughs> and they laugh and dad said, I ain't gonna no Nobody in their right mind is gonna buy their sixteen year old who's never driven a day in their life. A must, brand-new Mustang GT. I remember when we got Tyler his first car. It was a 10-year-old rattle trap. It had six cylinders, but only four of them worked. It leaned to one side and rattled. You could hear him coming down the road so everybody would get out of the way. That's, that was his first vehicle. It was his first vehicle. Nobody in their right mind is going to get their child a brand-new Mustang GT who doesn't have any experience. Well, the, And it's not because your parents don't love you that we're not getting it for you. It's because we do love you that we're not getting it for you. Likewise, a lot of us, because we haven't grown up, we're not maturing, we're not growing up. We're asking God for adult things, and we're still babies. And it's not that He doesn't want to give it to us. He loves us. And can't give it to us because we don't have the capacity, because we ain't grown enough to receive it. If you will get God to grow you on the inside in 2019, I promise you, you will get a bunch of neat stuff on the outside. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. Isn't that what it says? Stand with me, would you?